Welcome to Two Men On, ladies and gentlemen. 110%. Kill the cards. Oh, what yeah, I remember that one. Tell where you are. I was telling you suck. You know what? I, I quit. I really quit. <laughs> the Kwame Brown of fantasy baseball. I love enough somebody to say that. Wayne Grove Party Con, right? Yeah. You're ready this already. <laughs> Which two men are on? T-M-O, baby. All wood, no cork. TMO 29. We are back and slightly better than last year. After three tries, the BDL North finally hit pay dirt, claiming its first ever Black Diamond League championship. We'll talk to Wallabies GM Brent Lewis about his historic title run. In the biggest shakeup since the expansion to 14 teams, the BDL's membership has voted to scrap divisional play in favor of a two-league format. Our take on that transition in today's episode. Plus, year one of the Volison Initiative is here. We'll discuss who's ready and who's not. You're listening to BDO Radio. This is Two Men On. ACL, PCL. I'm pretty sure I've torn both. Can we each relate? Sayonara to the BDL North, South, East, and West, especially the freaking East. A new day is dawn in the BDL, and I'm simply thrilled Joe Weech finally matters in the standings. Welcome to TMO, this is Johnny of the Killer Car Company, and I'm joined as usual by Jay Bruce's best friend, Scotty of the Gens. What's up, man? Aw, thanks, bud. He is my best friend. Uh, he is. There was, like, no talking to uh, to Mike about him. Uh, he's going back to he's going back to Scotty, eventually. <laughs> Well, see, he, he knew what kind of haul he could get for, for Jay Bruce from uh, uh, from the generals. So, you know, that's just how it goes. And, you know, I, I do stalk him on Twitter, so. <laughs> that's true. So we're back. 2013. It's crazy, ain't it? It is crazy. We've been here. What is this? Uh, gosh, what is this, like eight years or something? <sighs> we're almost in the eighth year of the league. Uh, but it's been close to I don't know six months. We we haven't even talked about last year's championship. I, I don't I, I don't. It's, let's move on. So the league made. <laughs> a, let's. I mean, first of all, congratulations, Brent. Okay. We'll be talk, okay. We'll, you'll okay. be talking to him later, but sure. uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Very much so. Congratulations. Congratulations. You suck. <laughs> no, really. Uh, congratulations, Brent of the Wallabies. Um, uh, great title run. Uh, I think uh, I, I could go back and listen to our shows from uh, from last summer, 2012. But I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, I, I I picked the Wallabies actually to to win the whole thing at some point last year. Johnny um, might have been on our playoff preview show. I don't recall, but uh, um, I I thought they were destined for for at least a pretty darn good playoff run, um, and it, it it certainly worked out uh, for for Brent and you know he. Took on the trophy, so so good for him. And and as you say, we will be, we'll be talking to uh, to Brent a little bit later in today's episode. Yeah, I think uh, it, it, it's kind of like it's tough for me. He he didn't sneak up on me because I told you last year that I saw him coming, and I'm trying to change my team and uh, in preparation for him and Joe and now Kevin. Um, but he kind of did 
in the sense that I, I looked at his roster at one point midseason, and I'm like, how did he get this good? Like, slowly and quietly, he, like, accumulated all these, like, great players, and um, you, you like to think about the run he's going to go on now that he had, or, well... He d- he does still have most of these guys, right? Well, so 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 much for that. But yeah. <laughs> Brent making some moves lately. It's um, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to make of it. He he clearly has has looked at the at the landscape of things and um, made a decision to. I, I don't know if it's the start of a of a rebuild or if it's just a reload, and we're going to see more movement here in the coming weeks. That's going to kind of make things make sense. Um, but uh, he's 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 been a busy guy. Yeah, we'll figure all that out. I think maybe he realized the the North um, was a little harder to win than than maybe this uh, new uh, Atlantic League is going to be. You may be right about that. And speaking of which, you know the league. Uh, of course, we'll get right into it. The league approving a huge, huge, huge change for the BDL in the off season at the at the winter meeting in December. Um, the BDL now split into two separate uh, leagues, some like to say conferences. I am have, of course, banned that word. But uh, Atlantic Coast League, Pacific Coast League, uh, eight teams uh, on each side. Um, each league will produce a champion uh, in the playoffs, and those two champions will do battle for the BDL championship uh, at the end of the year, so it, uh, it it's going to be exciting. But uh, man, what a, just what a huge change! I mean, we've seen so much discussion uh, on this, and it was uh, you know a very controversial topic. But uh, uh, second uh, second off season in a row uh, that we've seen um, you know some pretty pretty strong support for for a game changing uh, shift in how we operate in the BDL. So it's 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 been an interesting two years. It has. It's it's just as big as, as the Volson Initiative. Uh, I'm kind of excited for it. Um, 2013, they're both going to come into effect. I guess, um, you know, after we survived the apocalypse in 2012, we're ready for this new world order here in the BDL. <laughs> well, Johnny, what are your just just your general thoughts on on uh, on the split or or, or the 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 doing away with the divisional format, no longer using north, south, east, and west? our traditional format in the BDL, uh, splitting things in, into the Atlantic Coast League and, and the Pacific Coast League. I mean, uh, what what is the greatest impact you think this is going to have on, on the league as a whole? Uh, do you, I mean, do you point directly to, to the wider playoff field, or, or, or what, what are you thinking? Um, it's, yes, I, I would lean that way because I think there's going to be a lot more of a wild card race um, Specifically, uh, I think in the Pacific Division, because I think in the Atlantic, uh, there's the top four teams, um, and I think they're pretty locked in, even after what the Wallabies have done. Um, I think as long as these 16 guys, you know, stay together uh, for the foreseeable future, um, I think we're we're still going to have our managerial rivalries uh, with those uh, other GMs that we've had in the past. Um, but it's going to be – it's actually – I'm very excited for it, um, for yeah, these new yeah, I'm matchups. Very excited as well. You know, one of the, one of the bigger, uh, you know, subtopics uh, of this change uh, in December was whether or not the two leagues 
uh, were balanced and it, well, basically, let me, let me back up. I should say, you know, it, it was really our effort to try to ensure that they that they are balanced at least for now, and uh, and, and appear to be as balanced as possible. Uh, projecting, you know, what teams are, are kind of on the rise and, and what teams are on a downswing uh, in the next few years. Uh, do you think that the two leagues, the uh, ACL and the PCL, um, do you think the correct decisions were made in terms of which teams went where? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so, for the most part. Yeah, I, th- um, I, th- I think we, I think we have a, I think we have a good setup, as you say. Um, you know, I think both leagues are are quite balanced. You know, you you have certain teams that you can see are definitely at the at the top, um, and and others that you know have a, have a bit of a ways to go. But uh, you know, it it really opens things up, kind of lets the league breathe a little bit, uh, in in a manner of speaking. Um, you know, just looking looking at the uh, Atlantic Coast League first. Um, you know, I think uh, of course the Rockets and the damage. Uh, the defending champion Wallabies, and I would throw my gins in there, um, being the top four teams in that league going in the, into the start of 2013. That does leave the Rebels, the Epidemic, the Mavericks, and the Double Downs. And you know we can make uh, different arguments, I guess, on on which of those teams are are rising the fastest or, or falling the hardest. Um, but uh, I, I would agree with you. The the ACL does seem pretty clear cut in terms of uh, you know who we can project to be in the playoffs um, at the at the end of 2013, uh, at least in the ACL. We'll, we'll look over the PCL in a minute. But what is your what is your feeling on that? You think it's it's a pretty done deal? I mean, we'll, we won't get it too in depth into you know, into predictions in this show. We'll, we'll save that for for a couple weeks down the road when we do a, a season yeah, preview my, episode. Yeah, in that division are identical. Yeah. Um, uh, prior to his trades and. Possibly even after his trades, I, I think Brent has a team that uh, can rival the Cramps. Um, they might be the top two teams in my mind. Um, I know you've got a great team, and I still think Bill has a great team. Um, and the Rockets seem pretty clear-cut better than uh, the other four teams in the division. So um, I think those, those four are, without a doubt, um, four playoff teams, in my opinion. Yeah. Let's let's shift and take a look at at, uh, at your league where you ended up the Pacific Coast League. Um, I don't know if you could say if it's, it's a little more difficult to discern who the top four teams could be, but I think it's a bit of a bit more interesting uh, of a debate. Um, you know, you have the uh, Crawford Cramps, uh, arguably the best team in that league right now. Um, I think the uh, uh, Malibu Bay Beers, uh, who of course advanced to the uh, <laughs> To the uh, uh, BDL championship last year, um, the uh, Amish Brotherhood, um, of course, your team, the Killer Car Company of Anaheim, uh, the Bulawayo Bulldogs, Birch Bay Gooey Ducks, uh, Kill Devil Hills Elevation, and the Wrigleyville Woo. Don't think I left anybody out there. Um, I think it's a, it, you know, it is a little more difficult to to choose. Um, no favorites in that league, uh, at least once you get beyond probably the top three or so. Uh, what is your feeling there? Yeah, it's it's um, much like Fox News. It's it's fair and balanced. <laughs> um, I think I think for me the two teams I'm I'm most excited and kind of anxious to face 
um, are the gooey ducks and the Malibu Bay beers, which, by the way, that name came about as we were walking back from lunch, and it was awesome. <laughs> um, I also like, so I think those two are like incredibly sneaky, and, um, you know, Connor's making that team better um, very quickly. Uh, Chris um, kind of just c- continues to build that roster, like one piece after the next, and uh, I'm fairly certain he'll be in the playoffs. I'm very uh, excited. I see you you pinned me up against Craig in, in week one and, and in the final week of the season. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for Craig and John and um, and uh, right, the other guy, Ort. <laughs> I'm excited for uh, for our little um, rivalries to begin a little, to get a little deeper here. Um, and the Amish, let's just say, um, uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to continue to beat his ass. <laughs> Um, but, uh, to be honest with you, I think, uh, he's leading, he's leading the, um, that, bu- those bubble teams. Cause I think the cramps are far and away best team in this division, possibly in the league. You got the beers and the woo, who I think are pretty much locks. And I think the Amish, if, uh, you know, if things bounce their way, uh, could be that fourth team. That's a, uh, that, that's, but, I, I'm going to stop you right there. Cause that, that's, that's a very interesting, um. Uh, what way of looking at it? You you have you have the Wu as a lock, and and the Amish Brotherhood getting in the playoffs if things bounce their way. Um, I gotta say I I don't know if if that would be a popular opinion <laughs> in the league uh, there, dude. Um, I I would have. Oh, man, it's it's tough. I would probably have the cramps. Certainly the cramps and and the Amish Brotherhood probably, gosh, probably the only two locks I would have in mm. that in that league right now. No I, respect I, for I, the I, beers. I, sorry, dude. No, it's, it's not that at all. I, I just think I think below below one and two it gets so fuzzy. Um, I I mean I I certainly you know if I if you ask me to you know bet right now. I would I would have the beers in the playoffs, um, right? And you have to put me in the playoffs because I always make the playoffs. Oh uh, well, that's true. Uh, Had to get that one in. And, but that you know that that leaves that leaves out some quality teams in that league. You know the Bulldogs, I think right. are on the on the upswing. I, I think um, I think the Woo has a real shot for the very first time ever of making the playoffs. And uh, you know the Gooey Ducks are on the upswing, and I'm not sure what to make of, uh, of the elevation at this point, but. Um, I think we've seen some positive uh, moves out of that squad this offseason. So they just uh, stole yeah. they just stole a bunch of shit from me for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So I heard. But yeah, 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 I think as as we get closer, as we move through spring training, and and we're what a, a month away from real games. Uh, when we when we get back on on the line here together, we'll have, I think we'll have a much better idea of, of where we stand on on these teams. Um, it's going to be tight in this division. Yep. Um, yep. It's it, it. Let me ask. Let me back up. And you, you were, of course, talking about Chris and the beers there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm curious your opinion too. Uh, whether you think this this format shift from from divisional play to to league play. Um, do, do you think that this will because because Chris is kind of he's you know he's, he's kind of taken some crap you know this off season about his his place in the playoffs. 
uh, in 2012 and, and whether or not he should have been in the finals in the first place. And um, do, do you think that this change is likely to, to vindicate him in terms of him getting back to the playoffs this year? Or is it more likely to be a hindrance to his ability to get back to the playoffs and, and still contend? No, I think this will validate him. Um, I think as the year went on, his team, like I said, he he's continues to build. Um, he's 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 sly, he's sly. <laughs> and um, he he put the pieces together towards the end of the season. And um, that a lot of his younger guys, uh, you know, Trumbo, um, who else here, Headley, um, Goldschmidt, uh, real quality players. So just another year older. And um, he's going to continue to tinker with that pitching, pitching snap, staff, add one or two pieces. And um, I think he's very much a contender in this Pacific uh, League Division Conference. <laughs> well, and, you know, just, just looking at the, the expanded playoffs, too, that, um, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, one of the larger headlines, um, if not the biggest headline, um, coming out of this, of this whole move. And you know, I've I have frankly been on record, uh, probably not on this show before, but at least on the on the BDO forum, um, noting that I you know in, in the past I've not been in favor of expanding the playoffs because you know it, it's it's come up not as an official winter meeting topic ever in the past, but um, just in you know just in discussion uh, on the forum whether or not that would be. Uh, you know, a good idea, something viable for us to do, and I really just had poo-pooed the idea up until December, and I can't put my finger on exactly what, but you know, something kind of changed my position on that over the years, and I it it may have something to do, honestly, with the fact that uh, you know, so many of us as a group have been together for so many years now, and um, I just think it would be fun. You know, I just think it would be fun, and will be fun. Of course, it's a done deal now. To you know, open up the playoff field a little bit and 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 have the opportunity to play some of these teams in games that that matter to the to the utmost. Uh, you know that 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 we never have before. You know to you know that like to have the opportunity to play. Uh, you know Joe in the playoffs, or the opportunity to see uh, you know John and his woo. Uh, you know do battle in the playoffs. And you know those possibilities are out there now, and I, I think it's great, and it's, it's going to be really, you know, it's going to be fun for the league. Yeah, I I agree because my sentiment was the same. Um, I always thought it was like a real treasure. I mean, you know me, I go on and on about making the playoffs. It was like something to really hold on to when you don't have a title to hold on. To. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it meant something, you know, making the playoffs, and and you could really value that. Um, but I agree. Um, it's interesting that this is the year it comes in with uh, this is the first year Major League Baseball is doing that extra wild card, right? Or was that last year also? Uh, that was. I don't remember. Well, okay. But uh, um, it kind of feels like we'll get that extra wild card in there um, in each. What are they? Leagues? And <laughs> it's been proven over the past. Six, seven years, that any matchup is going to be close. It's going to be good. The playoffs are so unpredictable, and um, 
so it will i think it will be fun uh, yeah. to have yeah and i, I think and and kind of piggybacking on on what you just said you know it it's going to have two two really specific effects and you know that being you know teams are going to be playing <clears throat> playing for it playing for the playoffs you know trying to 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 stick things out in the, you know in the dead of summer for a lot longer now than they have in the past you know we've had a lot of teams traditionally who have been very quick to sell at the deadline because they realize that they're out of it only six teams are making it and you know there's no hope uh, that has changed now and you know there are a lot of teams um, you know that have hope now that 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 really didn't have <laughs> much of a realistic hope before at least at this this juncture in their uh, uh, you know, in their team building efforts. So, you know, I, th- I think that is definitely going to be a positive change to have that kind of competition remain in the league uh, in the regular season for that much longer. And, you know, that itself, uh, point two, is going to, you know, lead to the fostering of, of new rivalries, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in as, as the summer drags on and, and, you know, you see these guys – Continuing to scratch and scratch for those last playoff spots, uh, knowing, knowing that uh, if you know w- when they get in, um, anything at all can happen, and and we've seen it in this league before in the past. Um, you know, wild cards um, get in and and make some real noise, and occasionally win a title. So, uh, you know, it, it it's there's precedent for that, and I think it's really gonna really gonna amp things up. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and and you kind of alluded to it, and I remember Mike saying something specifically about it during all the talks, that there there will be fewer sellers, more buyers, um, so the activity to grab that extra piece is going to be more intense, uh, prices are going to go up, uh, it's going to be good when I go to sell Corotta <laughs> at, at the end of the year here. But... You have anything else to say on that on the division? Uh, nope, uh, don't think so. League, the league discussion. Uh, I think we could probably move uh, from the Atlantic and the Pacific, probably to the land down under, right? Uh, awesome. We've got uh, Scotty recently caught up with our reigning BDL champion, Brent Lewis, to ask him how he's enjoying life with a trophy. So let's let's all hear what he had to say. All right, thanks, Johnny. I am on location in Mooresville, North Carolina today, uh, sitting here with uh, Brent Lewis, the 2012 BDL champion of the Portsmouth Wallabies, and just had the uh, uh, disgusting honor, I guess, of, of hand-delivering and, and presenting the BDL trophy to our winner for actually the very first time in, in league history. So uh, no, all, all jokes aside, that, that was kind of cool to be able to do that. But uh, uh, Brent, since we have, we've got you with, uh, with us for a few minutes here, uh, today, just kind of uh, uh, tell us how it feels. You're a medial champ, man. Uh, it, I don't know. I don't feel like it's completely sunk in, to be honest. I mean, I've just, even after it all ended, it was kind of like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, I understand. How, how surprised were you um, with, your, with how it worked out in the playoffs and who your, who your opponent was uh, being there? I know, you know, of course, we had... Um, you know some other favorites during the course of the regular season, but uh, you know he ended up being challenged by the Milwaukee Beers there, and and uh, you know it was a good contest to watch. But uh, 
And I, I think that uh, the, the matchup in general, Wallabies beers, kind of threw people for a loop. So, but it must have been cool to come out of that as as the winner, of course. And I know you respect Chris a lot. It, it was it was pretty cool, and in a way, it almost felt like vindication because the last time that the Wallabies were in the postseason was 2006, and Earn the Earn's Falcons were who not eliminated us, and that's so it was kind of in a way, I guess, getting revenge from being eliminated from then since it was the same franchise. Sort of. Sure. Well, you, you brought up the North Division, so let's talk just quickly uh, about it a little bit. Uh, you know, just before, of course, the BDO went into the offseason and voted to approve some pretty major changes this past winter, um, you know, you, you, you were victorious as champion the first time ever uh, we've had a champion from the North Division, and now the last time <laughs> we'll ever have a champion from the North Division. Um, Unless down the road the, the divisions are resurrected for some reason, but uh, um, you know, I, you you kind of bided your time, I guess, over the years. You know, against uh, against Don uh, many moons ago, and of yeah. course uh, Johnny and his uh, and his his run of, of uh, success there in the north, and uh, the other one who <laughs> I don't really recall his name right off. I don't either. I'm I don't know. Anyway, there's somebody else in your division, but. Um, how does that feel? I mean, to be able to to say that you are, uh, you know, the Wallabies are, are the one, the only North Division BDL champion. Feels pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I can hold it over Joe and Kevin and whoever that other guy's head is for a while. <laughs> Feels pretty good. <laughs> Have you thought about your strategy going into 2013? Here we are, of course, in spring training getting underway and in terms of defending your title, you know, the first time you've had an opportunity to, to be able to do that. And I mean, we have had two repeat champions, back-to-back champions in the past. So, you know, as, as relatively young as the BDL is, it's, you know, there's certainly precedent for that. But um, I think I, either of the two guys that have accomplished that in this league will tell you that it's, it's you know, it's hard to do. Um, what, what has been your strategy going into this spring to prepare to defend your title? Well, a lot of our core guys are still there. We haven't had much in the way of trades so far. We did move uh, Hunter Pence to get Tommy Hansen and then flipped him for Yelish. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to go for it in 2013. We'll uh, like to get a little bit more depth at outfield, but overall we're, we're going for it. A lot of the guys are still there from last year and see if the same formula works. Yeah. Of course, it's a completely different dynamic, you know, with the uh – the league format having changed a little bit, and we, we may talk just briefly about that here in just a few minutes. But uh, one more thing about 2012, um, you know, you, you waited, what, five, five long years, I guess, between playoff appearances, your, your last before uh, 2012 being 06. Um, so I know you, you kind of had to watch others have, have a bit of success, um, um, in, in not only in the league or, or, or league-wide, but, you know, especially in your division, you know where where the killer cars have have had that fantastic run of uh, consistency over the years, but t- explain to me what what at what point you felt it was it was different last year. In in other words, um, you know you, you you get started into a season, and you know at at some point, you know a month or two in, three months in, whatever, you know you, you really have a sense of where your team's going you, usually, and 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 whether you have a you know a chance to be competitive that year um, if, if you're one of those fringe teams. 
at, at what point in, in 2012 did you just kind of stop and, and, and think to yourself, I know you didn't say it out loud, you didn't say it on the boards, but just kind of think to yourself, uh, you know what, this, you know, we, we may be on to something here. We, we may have an actual shot to, to, you know, at least make a run at this thing. Well, it kind of, we, we tried to make a run in 2011, but we had a few key injuries, particularly Ryan Zimmerman and a few other guys, because that was the year that we got and Miguel Cabrera from the Rockets. But we still had that issue at outfield where it was virtually non-existent. And it was 2012, we made a few key moves. We traded to get the waiver priority for you Darvish to try to bolster our rotation. And from there, it just kind of, it started out as 2011 to where we were doing pretty good. Only this time, for the most part, everybody stayed a lot more healthy than they had before. And so we just, with the addition of Ryan Braun in the past offseason, we just kind of had a little bit of a feeling. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, we're, we're going to go all the way, but it was, we might actually at least get to the playoffs. And, I, and I really, I think one of the one of the key sub stories, um, or sidebars rather, of uh, of last year was, uh, you know, you having won that title after that, you know, that pro- maybe the most controversial trade in the history of the BDL with Darvish and uh, and Zimmerman, and you know that was a a much maligned decision of yours by by some in the league yeah. who who thought you really just you really screwed up, <laughs> uh, and you know. You just you know set that trade apart and 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 analyze it on its own. You know I guess you you can make an argument one way or the other. But bottom line, you know come September, you know you 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 laid claim to that trophy. It, the uh, pr- the Tigers signing Prince Fielder probably made that trade a lot better than it may have been initially because they moved Miguel to third base. Right, and that filled that massive hole that Zimmerman left, and then it was just a matter of replacing first with anybody that we could find until the eligibility was gained. It was a lot of shuffling around until Corey Hart was able to take over. But, yeah, that was a very hard trade to make, but it was luckily turned out for the best. Shifting gears a little bit. What do you know about human growth hormones, anti-aging, <laughs> and is it true, in fact, that you're a 45% shareholder in biogenesis? Uh, my lawyer has told me to not answer questions on that subject matter. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, one of the interesting dynamics I think we have in this league now uh, is uh, you and our newest GM, Connor. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we had him on the show. I think it would have been our, our uh, most recent episode prior to, prior to this one at the, at the end of uh, uh, the, the 2012 season. But um, you know, what, what just kind of tell me from, from you know, your, your impressions of him Working with him on a daily basis, uh, what what do you expect? Because we you know we have virtually no sample uh, of what what he's going to do in this league so far. Um, so what what do you ha- you know being the the person in the league who knows him the most at this point? What do you expect from him going forward? And uh, you know, I kind of, I'm expecting to rebuild the team the right way. Above all, I mean he met, he expressed interest. A while ago, it was, I believe, at the beginning of 2011, if I'm not mistaken, where he first expressed interest of trying to find a dynasty league, which at the time we didn't have the opening. And so I brought it up to him to see if he was still interested, which he was, obviously. (laughs) But it was, um, first and foremost, I expect him to rebuild that minor league system. He's 
mentioned ask more than once when do we get to pick up players when do we get to pick up prospects so he's he's very excited to kind of make his own name with this with the the team mm-hmm. of course it's not the first time we've had two members that have have worked in the same place before uh, I think this is the only current situation like that we have right now but uh, you know it just it kind of uh, you know begs interesting questions you know like like you know pre pre BDL for Connor and 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 now how how has how has uh, the dynamic between Connor and yourself changed at the office in terms of, you know, is there more secrecy between the two of you in terms of fantasy fantasy <laughs> talk, uh, or has it even opened up some dialogue and different? You know, how 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 is that? How do you how do you guys treat that with your with your relationship? We seem to talk more about the league now, as far as I mean, we don't really go too much into detail with each other, what each other's plans are. I mean, we there's not a really a lot of secrecy just because his team is in the rebuilding phase. My team is still in the compete phase. So we're kind of – we can talk about things a little bit if we wanted to just because we're not really on the same level right now with the teams. Sure. Uh, just briefly, of course, um, you know, this, this being – Year one, the true year one of the Volison initiative that, that goes into effect with our, our fourth outfielder um, coming into play in, in 2013. Um, first question, how, how do you think that that is specifically going to affect your Wallabies uh, this year? This year, I think the biggest issue will be the outfield depth. I'm not too concerned about it. Now come 2014 when we have the extra corner infield and the corner middle field positions, I think you'll be seeing some changes with the team once those kick in. Okay. Do you do you think there are certain managers with within the league that that are uh, ill prepared for the for the onset of the new position or haven't taken the time to really scan rosters lately or I'm not sure what your uh, wouldn't say like ill prepared or anything. I think a lot of we're just planning for the current year. I believe it's we saw a lot of guys this year get drafted that were in like shortstop the middle infield looks like a lot of preparing for the upcoming changes so i mean i wouldn't necessarily say ill-prepared i think we're just focusing to be taking it like this year we only have to worry about the outfield and next year we'll we'll deal with it so i i kind of expect to see even more shortstops and infielders get drafted in the upcoming draft sure um of course you're now have transitioned from being uh being the the uh, a member of the bdl north division to the Atlantic Coast League in the BDL, um, you know, it's a it's a big change for the league, and you know, certainly the largest, I think, since since we initially expanded back in 2006. I don't think anything else comes close. Uh, general thoughts on realignment? It'll it'll take some getting used to. I think I'm gonna, I won't lie, I will miss the north, south, east, and west aspect of it. But with the two different leagues, I think it'll introduce more rivalries. It'll be It'll be fun. It'll getting takes time to getting used to, but it'll be fun. You will. Are you willing to go on record with any predictions on the top two or three teams in in both leagues, uh, Atlantic Coast and Pacific Coast, as we get ready for spring here? Um, not quite yet. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we'll wrap up. Final question: Where is the trophy going? It is either going to go in my office at work or in my office at home, where I can see it. Every day, <laughs> good, fodder, good fodder to uh, both, both rub it into Connor and to maybe provide a little motivation. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right, Brent, we appreciate you joining us uh, on TMO today. So, uh, good luck this season, and we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Alrighty, thank you.
All right, thanks, Brent, uh, Scotty. Great interview. Um, again, congratulations. Um, proud the North finally got its title, and um, excited to see what the new year brings. I think you still have a very good shot. Yeah, it's um, you know, look, looking. Of course, that that interview was was uh, recorded uh, toward the end of February, so it's you know, it's uh, kind of fun to look back now and and. And, and see the contrast of, of what Brent is doing now compared to, to some of his comments mm. in that interview. You, know, you can see how fluid things are in the BDL and how quickly some things change with your perspective and, and uh, what direction you want to go with your team because, uh, you know, in that interview, um, don't know if I'm quoting verbatim here, but he was, you know, certainly seemed like he was all in for, the, for this year and, and, and now things have changed a little bit uh, and we'll see where that goes. But interesting, interesting. Yeah, so shall we uh, move on to our? We've got a lot of things to discuss today. We, we do. <laughs> it's, it's been, been a while. while. Yeah, uh, we'll move on to like a draft review. Um, yeah, January uh, had some excitement again in the BDL, uh, it, and it. Um, I think I could say the first round was exciting. I. Um, uh, I I would. I drafted the first round. Yeah, I I, I can see how you would come to that conclusion. Yes. You did own uh, what, like, uh, I don't know, fourteen eight. picks or something. Eight. 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 Okay. Does Only that, eight. Does that beat your total? Didn't Didn't you and Brian? Didn't you guys accumulate some picks back in the yesteryear? Uh, let's see. I can quickly look in the twenty twelve first round. The generals had one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, looks like I ended up drafting six, um, but. I started January the second with seven, and one was traded to the double downs. I think is how I'm reading that. So pretty close. And yeah, there was one year that that the cramps had had several stacked up toward the very. I think top. the top four uh, where he got uh, looking. Yeah, twenty uh, twenty Harper twenty ten draft. Um, he he held. Uh, Brian held five total picks. He held the first four plus pick number 14. And in succession, he took Steven Strasburg, Dustin Ackley, uh, Tyler Metzek, uh, and uh, Roldis Chapman uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, and later yeah. on, uh, Mike Leake, the Reds. That's um, done pretty good for him. <laughs> uh, I'd actually like to start with um, the very first pick. Because uh, uh, getting ready for the draft, uh, it, it was kind of wide open for a while until uh, Zunino really um, had his breakout kind of uh, in short short season and moved up to double A. I think that was the obvious pick and probably the one I would make. Um, he should be good for him. Yeah, um, with that team. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, if I, if I'm you know, if I'm looking at at, at first round. Winners, um, right? You, you know, there, there. Of course, just two two names. I think really the only two names that you can you can look at at, at this point. You know, we'll, we'll look two, three, four years down the road and see how some of these picks turned out. But um, you know, Kevin obviously would be one um, with the uh, with the double downs there. Uh, Zanino, the catcher out of Seattle, um, and you know, basically. I've been on record with this. I, I, I think the twenty our twenty thirteen draft was 
maybe the weakest in the BDL era. Um, uh, judging on the number of picks you had in this draft, I suspect you don't necessarily agree with that, and that's cool. Um, <laughs> but um, I think when you're looking at, at overall winners, um, you know, it, it matters much more in this draft about, um, you know, the talent at the top because I don't think that there were that many elite talents, uh, elite, elite, elite talents uh, like we have seen in the past uh, few few drafts in this draft at all. In fact, after the first mm, about three picks, I think it drops off pretty considerably. Um, now, the, the other name, of course, is, is yours, uh, the Killer Car Company with... Um, what did we say? Eight picks in the, in the first round. I you know, so. uh, as as weak as the as weak as this draft may be, again my opinion, but as weak as this draft may be, um, if if you're if you're drafting basically half of the round, then maybe just by default, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you you become the first <laughs> the first round winner uh, because you have a, a lot less chance of of uh, busting. Uh, with the with the number of uh, picks that you have and players that you took in the first round, um, you know more likely than not, you know at least one or two of those are going to hit for you. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But uh, what do you think as far as first round winners? I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> what you said, um, I was pretty happy with my draft, uh, but I'm not going to get to that right yet. Um, to finish, uh, I loved what Kevin did. I mean. Had to stand pat because I don't think he probably got what he was looking for um, in offers for that first pick. Um, I think the reason you probably, um, and you could be right, uh, the draft isn't that strong is because a, a lot of uh, younger players in this draft. So it's it's hard to say what Buxton and Gray are going to do, uh, two and three. Um, uh, I like the Correa pick for Owens. He needs a shortstop. He needs a third baseman if uh, if he ends up moving. Um, and I like what Connor did a lot, um, all, not just the first round, but he went high upside with a lot of his picks. So in the first round, he took Buxton and, and Ryu from the Dodgers, um, even Gallo from Texas and Quinn later on, uh, very, you know, high upside, um, guys, uh, and the, with the, uh, I thought the beers, um, had, uh, Almora fall to them. And I just, it was just something about him. I, I didn't, I couldn't go with him. Um, and, but uh, Chris seemed pretty happy, pretty happy when he fell. So um, I hope that works out for him. Um, and then, uh, what, uh, what's that other show called? Uh, Stuck in the Ivy? No, I've never those heard two of it. Guys, those two guys went with the, uh, the top two uh, pitchers there. Um, with, it's quite uh, interesting. Yeah, Simmer and uh, uh, Gossman. Yeah, I think they should both do well for them. Um, but for me, uh, I was thrilled with my draft. Um, I, I was unsure whether or not Owens was going to take uh, Solaire uh, because I know he'd like him. I've been wanting him for uh, two or three years now <laughs> uh, to get him and, and Pepe Le Pug. Um, <laughs> it, it makes me very happy. Um, a couple real young uh guys and Dahl and Russell um, super excited to find out what they can do because they just took off uh, in the first first go um, then my pitchers I 
I, I'm not totally sold on Heaney, um, but I think Freed and Gilito, um, even Walker can be like top of the rotation guys, and uh, I couldn't pass that up. I think when you look at the first round, you also have to look at Kevin getting uh, Edwin Encarnacion uh, for those picks. And, sure. Um, so, I mean, my the guy I wanted without question um, was, it, it may sound weird, but Stefan Romero um, oh, okay. from Seattle. I think he's just kind of built the hit, and I don't care where he plays. Um, I, I wanted to come up and uh, hit. <laughs> it was an exciting first round for me. I, I can't say otherwise. Do, do are, are there any late round uh, selections that you, that you view as, as, as steals that, that that fell way too far and somebody really got uh, really took advantage of? Late rounds, there there were a few. I mean, in the second round, I thought um, Kevin got a few uh, good names with Hawkins falling to him. I love the Dorsey's Paulino pick. Uh, I like Mike's Trace Thompson pick. Um, it, later on, the Rockets uh, also took um, DJ Davis, like right in a row, Alberto Mondesi, Marr. Um, I think he got pretty good value right there. He just took a bunch of value all at once. And in the fifth round, uh, I thought Amish Joe, he should get him, he should get in the draft a little more. <laughs> I, I love his I picks. I, I mean, Barris in the fifth round, I, I, I was talking to you about him at, mm-hmm. before the draft because – I love what I read about him, but he's like eight years old and he won't even play in this year. And I, I, you know, I would love to be able to, uh, we need to have 30 man minor league rosters. I'm telling you. You're back on your um, soapbox. I know it's, it's going to come. I'll get Chris to push it through. Uh, he took Vinny Pistano. Um, is it looking like he might close, uh, to start the year for, uh, Cleveland, he took him in the fifth? You know, I, I'm not sure. I was just captivated <laughs> by the uh, Javier Vasquez pick. Yes. That was, uh, he took a shot. He got burned, <laughs> but he also got um, another young, young high upside outfielder from San Francisco, uh, Gustavo Cabrera. <clears throat> so I, I really like what um, Amish did in the fifth round. And I will say the other, the other pick that uh, uh, Chris felt like fell to him was... Uh, Berrios and uh, and also Sager from the Dodgers. He, I think he got good value throughout the draft, and um, I, I like what he did. I don't think any team really, um, maybe yours, you know, sure. <laughs> didn't have a good draft. <laughs> well, I think that was, most guys uh, right. did well for themselves. Well, speaking of Chris, um, as we discussed earlier, Johnny, um, you know, this is year one of the. Follison initiative that we approved, um, I guess, two years ago now. Uh, well, actually about a year ago, but um, two calendar years ago. Um, the first year that the BDL will ever use four outfielders in the starting active roster. So uh, it, it's going to be an interesting year for that alone, uh, even if you set aside the uh, the change in, um, you know, in our standings format and such. Um, this is going to be a story that's going to be, you know, really, really cool to watch. Because, uh, you know, we don't really know at this point, you know, how well a lot of, a lot of our managers have reacted uh, to, to getting ready for this change. And, um, you know, I've, I've just jotted down a few teams 
really who I think are prepared and, and a few who, who may have some work to do still. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's going to be something to watch. And, and uh, I mean, are, are you ready for the change, you think? Uh, <laughs> it's coming. Uh, by the end of the year, I'm hoping to have, uh, you know, Will Myers up. I'm hoping to have Billy Hamilton up. I'm hoping to have uh, Springer up. You know, I I've got some guys that I think can um, tread some water here until until my big guys come up. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm ready for this year. You know, um, I saw you 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 brought in Pence. Did bring in Pence. Um, I I assessed things just after the regular season last year, and you know, and thought I needed. Uh, you know, I needed to invest in a in a young outfielder or younger outfielder uh, to kind of shore things up there. And um, you know, I like how things are looking with my squad with Bruce and Cruz and Holiday and, and Pence uh, there, and of course Swisher uh, on the bench uh, to fill in here and there. But um, John Mayberry, uh, I never heard of him. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> John Mayberry. Um, I loved him last year. And I was yes, I remember. I remember. He was. Yeah, he was your. He was going to be your. Uh, your forty. He was my Juan Pierre of last year. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't work out too well. Uh, well, let's get right to it. I mean, I don't have to say it. You can say it. Like, who is absolutely ready <laughs> for this fourth outfielder? Ah, uh, well, here's what I jotted down. And, you know, when I looked over the rosters, you know, I, I took into consideration both the quality of the players as well as the team's current depth at that position. Um, didn't really account for, you know, uh, the, the team's minor league situation, you know, because I, I just didn't want to get into predicting, uh, you know, who may be up this year and, and who might not and, and, and so on. So really just took into consideration major league players, Um Starting with the Pacific Coast League, I think that most teams are, are mostly prepared. You know, looking things over, I think the Amish are probably good to go. The Bulldogs, I thought, were okay. Uh, Elevation, I think, has some decent depth. Um, work on the quality there. But uh, Gooey Ducks, I think, were okay. The Beers. Um, the freaking Crawford Cramps are just obscene. Um it's ridiculous. M- more than prepared. I mean, that's their. That's that's a freaking great team. Um, the jury. I, it's, I f- what, it's probably what puts him ahead of uh, any of the other teams in the Atlantic Division. In uh, because when it's all said and done, uh, they're very close at the top. But he's very ready for this fourth outfielder to come in. Very ready for twenty thirty. Yeah, you know, you know, Joe of the Amish. You know, he he really likes to tout. Um, how good his outfield is, so that'll that'll be an interesting uh, rivalry to ro- to watch for for that alone this year. Um, in the Pacific Coast League, I, I as far as who the jury is out on, uh, just jotted down two teams, and that was uh, sad to say uh, the Killer Cars as well as the Woo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both teams kind of still have some work to do there, and but you know as you say, you, you you reeled off a few names of some minor leaguers that may change things. For you, at least, in in the coming year, and and you know, it's those, those things are hard to predict, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, 
mostly in agreement, not so much in agreement. What do you think? Uh, mostly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be biased on my own team. Um, but you have to look around in the Pacific. I, I don't care who else he has. I mean, Craig's got Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> that may be all uh, he needs. Yeah, I I do like the Amish, the way they're set up. Um, you know, I've long loved the Uptons. I mean, got Matt Kemp. And, yes, I've been trying to acquire uh, Cespedes so I could have all the Cuban outfielders, um, <laughs> uh, the good ones. <laughs> and um, who else? Oh, the Beers, of course. Um, they're so sneaky. I mean, Trumbo, Rios, Davis, even Mike Morse, I think. Even in Seattle, I think he's going to do okay. And um, it's going to be a tough division. That one's the, the deepest, sorry, league. Uh, the Pacific League is, <laughs> Pacific Ocean is the deepest league. Nice. Does that make any sense? I think um, in the Atlantic, uh, obviously, uh, I like your four. I like Brent's four. Um, and the damage have four older, you know, somewhat older. Uh, Gonzalez is young, um, but Chris and I were talking about this. Uh, I guess we talk a lot because <laughs> we work together. Um, he acquired Osvaldo Arcia from him, um, and we're both kind of wondering what he's going to do this year. I think that's going to be a sneaky, um, you know, second half, even first half, depending, um, call up for him. Um, so the damage are going to be ridiculously tough again. Yeah, my, my list in the ACL is, is pretty split, um, kind of the way we, we spoke of earlier. Um, those teams that are prepared for the change, you know, I think the Wallabies, Gins, Rockets, and Damage for sure. Um, I think the jury is still out on Boston, Crystal River, Baltimore, and the Richmond Rebels. Um, those four you mean the good teams have four outfielders? What's that? You mean the good teams have the best outfielders? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's just how I... I don't know. I mean, do you, do you have it pulled up, maybe? I mean, what what do you... Do you think that's most... No, I'm right there with you. It, 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 we just give an incredible analysis here to the, <laughs> the BDL. It's, it's award-winning. folks. Yeah, you get good outfielders. And <laughs> you you rise, to, rise to the top. Yeah, you're guaranteed a playoff spot. According to TMO, get on or get off. That's right. <laughs> get on or get off. Uh, How many outfielders do you think most teams uh, going forward will typically roster once this takes effect? Well, it has taken effect. But once we get into the into the season and, and going forward here, six. Six. Yeah, I think six. Um, you don't want to clog your roster with too many. Um, you probably if you can, put an outfielder in the in the DH slot, um, just to have that flexibility in terms of uh, anyone having off any particular day. Uh, what do you think? Um, I don't know. Six may be a high average. I think you're going to look at something about you know as far as an average, um, like five and a half. Uh, I think most teams will will roster five or six. Uh, outf- outfielders, I believe. If I can just go back and look, I believe I have five right now. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I do have six right now with the acquisition of uh, John Mayberry, but uh, not counting on too much from there anyway. So I don't know that 
that even matters. But um, my strategy going into the year um, was five, and of course that was my motivation to acquire Hunter Pence. Um, do, should usually have Tashera locked into my DH spot, um, mm-hmm. so you know it kind of changes things a little bit for me. Uh, my particular team, but yeah, I can definitely see your point of, of wanting to, you know, try to slot an outfielder into into the DH role uh, when possible because that does uh, kind of open things up for you to, you know, cover those those off days for for some of your other outfielders and such. And yeah, and remember, your team is mature now, just like the damage. And you know how they they keep like two bench players total. Right. I mean, um, <laughs> once you once you get you know, comfortable with your your stars, you put them in a lineup and they stay there. Um, so, I think most of the other uh, teams in the league, um, you know, excluding the Cramps, uh, will have closer to six, um, just for flexibility. Just uh, guys playing other positions, and um, I think that's how the majority of the league, uh, except for those top teams that you know, have their stars locked in. Cool. Johnny, my friend, let's run the bases. Let's do it. First base, ball play. It's over. All right. Bulawayo. Mike Trout, maybe the most untradeable player in all of the BDL, will begin his second full MLB campaign this year. Can he possibly improve on 2012? Uh, that's incredibly difficult to believe. Um, he was amazing last year. I think... Possibly, I mean, with with the addition of Hamilton, um, you know, he could. He was unbelievable last year, but could he get more clutch, more RBIs, something? Um, That's possible. Yeah, I I think you're, you know, I I think you're looking at 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 a a likely regression, but sure, you know, even even if it's a ten percent regression, you're still talking about one of the very best players in all of baseball and, and, and probably still the most valuable player in fantasy. So I don't know that it matters that much to the Bulldogs. Yeah, and he's 21, 22. Oh, gosh, it's just, 20. just sick. 20. Sick. I hate you, Craig. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Baltimore. The epidemic failed to win 100 games the first time ever under owner Matt Reynolds last season. With A-Rod out a long while due to its ailing hip and team largely relying on 30-something stars is now the time for the franchise to rebuild or do you see the team instead trying to take advantage of a wire playoff field? Uh, now is the time. Matt, you need to do something uh, to change the direction of that team, so hop in and do it, bud. Um, not looking good for your playoff chances this year. Just being frank with you, dude. Um, you know. Get on it. Scotty knows. I, I would agree with you. I think it's time, but um, I, not necessarily. I think in the Atlantic, um, you know, the Rockets aren't locked. You know, if Brent continues to sell off, you know, I think he's one of the best teams in that division, but in the league, but if he sells off, Matt knows how to get into the playoffs, and there's that extra slot, so... Um, it's going to be interesting. Okay, Awatucky. Future Orioles ace Dylan Bundy is reportedly in the running for starting rotation on spring training. How far would he move the needle for the playoff attending Amish? 
he makes it? Uh, I I think you know fairly significantly, at least as you know, is what you can expect from it from a rookie. Uh, you know, Dylan Bundy's a great talent, um, and as we discussed earlier, you know, the Pacific Coast League in the BDL is very much wide open. Uh, I think much more so than than the ACL that will be in 2013. So I- any help that that Joe and the Amish can get to to you know boost those odds. Uh, you know, I, I think is 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 needed for him, and he, and he will welcome it. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I, I I think there's a good chance that, that you'll see Bundy up, if not out of spring, at least at some point this year, and he'll he'll move the needle for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's so much hype on this guy, like Jack Bauer and Chuck Norris wear Dylan Bundy pajamas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everyone is is talking about this guy. Um, I've heard someone say that he could be a top 10 pitcher in the league right now. I mean, that's crazy. Crazy. Um, not that, not that he can. I mean, he's amazing. But um, I mean, without a doubt, um, he's going to make a difference for the Amish. And uh, that was part of a few things falling his way. I was discussing earlier. I think uh, if he gets up, um, and nothing crazy happens, no injuries. I do think, um, I do think that'll push the Amish into the playoffs. So then, Portsmouth. Want to end on this note? What What are they doing? Ah, uh, you know, I man, I'm I'm just not sure. I, th- I think Brent. I don't know if he's just a little bored, or uh, <laughs> you know, he just he, he got his trophy and he thought, you know, that the pressure's off. Uh, you know, don't have to deal with that that push all year long in 2013 to you know try to try to make this happen while my window's open. Um, he, Seeing that he has, you know, some of his stars at max value right now, uh, you know, uh, David Price, Jared Weaver, uh, Ryan Braun, and you know, maybe just maybe in the back of his mind, he's you know looking at at a guy like Braun and you know thinking a little bit of uncertainty around this guy right now, you know, with the uh, with the uh, with the with the allegations uh, that we, we've all seen come up, and um, you know. Is now the time to move him before it's uh, you know before it's too late? And if you move Braun, do, do you not let the dominoes fall and just you know reload completely? So uh, I think he's he's in a very unique spot, and that's just what what we're seeing is just him kind of working working through that. Um, I think Brent is very smart. Um, Brent has over the years have earned a ton of respect for me. Uh, I don't think there's, I mean, it's possible, but. I don't think he'll end up trading uh, Price and, and uh, Weaver uh, or Braun, uh, for that matter. Johnny, it's great to be back for 2013. Wish you a good season, man, and uh, we will try to be back on here in just a few weeks for season preview. You can uh, make some time. Absolutely. You too, brother. Absolutely. All right, guys. You've been listening to Two Men On. We're out. <laughs>